Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, Lee. Hey there, Tara. Well, it's, like it's raining cats and dogs out there. And a few some... other species as well. I know. It's a, it's almost a uh, arc-type yes, situation. Yes, exactly, yes. <laughs> well. um, no, and I, you know, because this studio that I'm in right here is actually in a, a, a studio in a building in a building. Yeah. Um, because it's so padded. Figures they got to keep me in a padded room, right? So well, I won't some hurt, people would say that. I hurt would, myself but, yes. going crazy in here. But... Um, but no, seriously. But um, so when I can hear the rain as clearly as I did this yeah. morning, I'm like, wow, it's coming down. Well, we are close to the roof on the top level here, so that is true. But it's still very loud. So, um, yeah, apparently I'm hearing that there's uh, areas of flooding. Yeah, several um, several local where, where there's usually flooding, there's flooding going on in Greenville, Spartanburg County, yeah. uh, and there are some trees down that are creating some problems both for power lines. There's um, various widespread uh, power outages uh, apparently due to power lines uh, being knocked down by some of the trees that are coming down uh, across the area. I was just checking um, uh, over in my area in Anderson County already over two inches of rain this morning. This morning, wow! And so it's close to that here in Greenville. Yeah, just good to be careful and always keep in mind just it only takes a couple of inches of yeah. water to wash your car away. It's incredibly powerful. Yeah. You wouldn't think your car could do, you know, could be taken away by that, but it, but it can. Um and it does happen to people. So if you don't have to go out, just a really good time to just not go out. Yeah. So um meanwhile, uh, really proud of Ralph Norman for holding the line. I hope he will continue to hold the line. Our local Congress member voting no on Kevin McCarthy. Mm-hmm. This is an embarrassment for the Bush people. Um, it shows their powers deteriorating. Look, I, I don't know if Kevin McCarthy's going to pull it out or not. He's not going in the right direction for speaker. Um, you'd think by ballot three, it would be getting tighter. Actually, uh, Democrat Hakeem Jeffries, the uh, minority leader in the House, is leading. Now, he hasn't come, got the 218 votes necessary, but he actually got more votes than um, than McCarthy did. Yeah, um, and that's because Democrats stick together. Exactly, yeah, on this one, yeah. Yeah, and McCarthy has spent, you know, look, he, <laughs> I don't understand the outrage on Fox right now that McCarthy hasn't won. When, you, when, you know, on the first round, oh, yeah. no, Republicans are divided. Look, that's not because... Ralph Norman, our congressman's mean guy. That's not because Matt Getz is mean guy. That is because Kevin McCarthy, in partnership with Mitch McConnell, their PACs, has spent over $20 million in the last election cycle defeating conservatives in the primaries. This you reap what you sow. This they situation did this. was known before the election. 
Yes. As we got close with the polls and they were still talking about a Republican wave, which really didn't happen, but at least they took the House. There was already talk about the leadership position and the fact that there was going to be opposition to Kevin McCarthy. That was out there. This was known. And and like I said previous hour, why hasn't McCarthy, if he's such a talented politician, why had he not been able to go ahead and do the deal, do the behind the scenes deals to get this done in, if not the first ballot, why not the second or third? I mean, let the, let folks make their point, and the point's well made. And, and and I'm I'm not being critical nor supporting either side at this point. I'm just simply saying this is a part of the process. This is the process. Is it unprecedented? Yes, first time in a hundred years, uh, at least uh, according to what we're hearing, that this type of situation has happened where the speaker was not elected on the first ballot. But this is the process. This is what the House rules call for. It's constitutional. It's moral. It's ethical. It's legal. That's what they're doing. The process is playing out. You've got a speaker who is not 100% popular with his party. For good reason. It's not very popular with the American people either. I mean, when the, you know, when, when you have, again, tried to take conservatives out, um, this is a guy, uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy, when he was, um, you know, number two to Paul Ryan, went along with all of that nonsense, including um, the 36 subpoenas of the FBI and the DOJ, Um, that they never bothered to respond to Republicans because you had leaders like Kevin McCarthy and Paul Ryan. I mean, this is a guy who was passed over for speaker last time because the Department of Homeland Security was spying on him and found evidence that he was cheating on his wife with another Congress member, Renee Elmers, who subsequently ended up divorced and lost her congressional seat. Her her constituents did not apparently send her up there to sleep with Kevin McCarthy. Um, So he was supposed to be the run for the speaker that time, they had to find somebody else um, and they replaced him with Paul Ryan. Um, never got the people at Department of Homeland Security who spied on him and leaked the uh, evidence of the affair. I mean, this this is who this guy is. Um, this this I mean, this is how he treats his wife. How's he going to treat you is the question. And pretty much he's going to treat you like he does Republicans in the primaries. I mean, I don't know why we're spending tens of millions of dollars trying to defeat conservatives in the primaries. Well, actually, I do, because they hate Trump, and they want to destroy Trump utterly and permanently. And it was more important to Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell to show that Trump was weak and his candidates would go down. uh, And they spent, the two of them combined a little over $20 doing that, than spending that money on defeating Democrats. Um, And they have been in a three-way brawl with Trump, who some days endorses Kevin someday says he's not endorsing it just depends on the wind did today yeah yeah but then that was after the last what 24 hours saying he didn't know if he would endorse him anymore but then after before that saying he would endorse them but before that he said he wouldn't endorse him uh for speaker Uh, and that was after endorsing him in the primary that's where we should have taken this guy out Um, but we couldn't because Trump's endorsement stood in the way so I mean all this is a Trump created problem again where Trump just can't figure out if he's for the swamp or not it doesn't seem to be much bothered that they spend tens of millions of dollars trying to take him and his candidate out. I mean, it's just none of it. It's just you throw your hands in the air. But I, I mean, this is progress. This shows that to me that, you know, whether whether Kevin McCarthy ultimately wins or not. I, mean, if, I think he will. Yeah, I think he will, too, unfortunately. But this shows that the, that that this Bush cabal is losing its power. It is not as feared as it was. And I think the reason for that is that it doesn't have the support of the American people. Well, I think it's also um, 
a good PR move by conservatives in the House to say, look, you're not going to run roughshod over us. Exactly. You know, the liberals in the Democrat exactly. Party, the extreme left-wing liberals, the AOCs, the squad, they may be willing to, to put up with their leadership running roughshod over them, but the conservatives in the House are not. And I'm thankful for that. It's, I, I, this is one of my great frustrations with the Republican Party is they never put up a fight. Well, we're seeing Republicans fighting. Unfortunately, they're fighting among themselves, but they're fighting for conservative principles. Finally. Now, granted, I, I think it's one of those things where you're going to you may win the battle, but you're going to lose the war on this. But it's it's a fight worth having, because I think at some point there's some political capital that is being spent by McCarthy and his crowd to defeat this. And it's going to be some political capital that I think that the conservatives are going to gain from this. Will there be retribution against them? Oh, sure. I mean, it's just like Norman. He's never going to get a good uh, committee assignment or anything good out of McCarthy. McCarthy was trying to, as you pointed out, was trying to campaign against him in the primary. So, you know, Norman's got nothing to lose here. No, um, and everything to gain. And 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 look, all these conservatives are being incredibly brave. I mean, the second Kevin McCarthy gets this, he's going to come oh, after them in the primaries yeah. and try to replace them with liberal Republicans, yeah, big spending liberal Republicans. Yeah, there will certainly be retribution. That's the way it works. I, you know, for good or for bad, that's the way it works. The bottom line, though, is Kevin McCarthy, um, you know, in the past, y you just look at the guy um, was standing in the way at one point, along with Paul Ryan of the um, border wall. I mean, and he'll do this. He doesn't publicly say these things. He'll just scuttle the legislation. I mean, Matt Getz nailed it. I meant to get the audio from him when he said, listen, I don't want to spend the next two years like Benghazi, where we have these great hearings, Jim Jordan screams and yells, and then we are very careful to never do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Cash Patel, who I think is a genius, it was an advisor um, you know, to Trump, uh, multiple security clearances. He said, listen, here's the thing. Take, take just one thing, COVID, for instance, the origins of COVID, right? People on the intel committee in the House, they've seen that intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. They've got the security clearances. They know where it came from. Mm -hmm. And it was an interview he was doing. He all but told us it's Wuhan, right? He's like, so if the Republicans want us to know that, what do they do? Well, he said under Kevin McCarthy, they're getting ready to have, they'll, they'll have hearings and everybody will scream and yell and get their five minutes in. And then they'll do nothing. And he says, what the public doesn't realize is Congress members with security clearances can take the intelligence on the origins of COVID and read it into the congressional record. Yep. They can read it into the record and the whole world will know. Mm -hmm. He's like, now watch, you'll never see that. Right. You won't see that on any of this, on the FBI censorship, on any of it. Because Kevin McCarthy wants the theater of the hearings to raise money off of, but he doesn't want to actually do anything about any of this. That's what, that is one of my great frustrations with Congress, with congressional hearings, is because it's all for show and no go. Whether it's Democrats or Republicans, it's just like the January 6th committee. Nothing's going to come of this. It was all for show. It was all to diminish the Trump brand and Republicans. That's all this was about. They're never going to convict anybody of anything. And the same thing happened with the Benghazi hearings, and we can just go on and on and on with these congressional hearings. I, I wish things would happen and things would change. I think the 9-11 Commission was the last time that we saw a House hearing actually have some impact. Look, here's here's one of the outrages. I mean, the number two issue in America was the border um, after inflation, the economy. Right. And and Kevin McCarthy's asked before the election when he thinks he's going to win the speakership. 
are you know will you impeach Mayorkas? We desperately need to do that and to to show Definitely. why he is being yep. impeached. Yep. And the five million people Joe Biden is illegally led in here, and and Kevin McCarthy's like, no, I won't impeach Mayorkas, who's the head of the Department of Homeland Security. This is a guy taking air marshals off of planes when we're facing another announced planned attack by Al Qaeda. And sending them down to the border to act as Uber drivers for illegal immigrants. Yeah. And McCarthy refused to impeach him. And you're like, well, what are you going to do with your time? Oh, and you know what's so outrageous? He Did you see what he did? He moved into the speaker's office yesterday. <laughs> okay. Did you see that? No, I did not. Oh, yeah. The pictures were all that's, over the place. Strange. He moved well, in like said, already. This is who he it. is. He's going to get it. Just yeah, but ju- I mean, just the absolute unmitigated gall of this guy. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I just find this absolutely fascinating. You see this UK Daily Mail story about how the FBI caught the accused serial killer, the Idaho killer? And you know what's funny? Like everything else, it seems the FBI is doing these days. The UK Daily Mail points out the way they did it was illegal. They needed a warrant. The FBI isn't even bothering with warrants anymore. This was so crazy. What they did was they... You know these, um, like, ancestry, find out your real genealogy places? Um, Well, there's two of them that will basically let the government in to search their databases. So, you know, someone in your family swabs their cheek, the DNA, they send it in. Now they got your DNA forever. Think about this, how permanent this is. That DNA will be good for generations because somebody fell for that. And, I mean, look, I'm I'm not blaming if you did. I mean, I've advertised for it. I fell for it. I did it. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people think Ancestry.com and 23andMe, which we've advertised for on the show before, um, are the ones doing this. They're not. They actually don't give out your DNA. But two smaller companies, GED, My Family and Me, they do. So they've got about 2 million American profiles. That's it. But here's the crazy part. Think how insane this is. This is just the part I just have, I'm in such awe of. If you or your immediate family or... Uh, your first cousin, your second cousin, your third cousin, or even your fourth cousin did one of those tests. And they say, look, most people don't even know the names of their th- their third and fourth cousins. They don't even like, wow, I'm related to that person. I don't even know. I mean, that's how far removed that is, right? 
if one of them filled out that DNA thing and did the swab, they got you. You leave your DNA at a crime scene, they got you. Think about that. So even though they only have about 2 million people in the database of these two very small companies, so if you want to keep your privacy, do 23andMe or Ancestry.com um, because they, at least right now, aren't cooperating with law enforcement. Good for them. Um, but but yeah, so odds are, even in that 2 million profiles, they're going to find somebody related to you. So here's the crazy thing. If your second, third cousin did that now, I mean, 20 years from now, 50 years from now, it doesn't matter. They're going to be able to get every one of the descendants related to that person if they commit a crime. And it's almost impossible, they say, not to leave DNA at the crime scene. So that's how they got this guy. And the FBI went and did it. The part where they broke the law, but then, I mean, God, every day on the show, we're talking about how the FBI broke the law in some way. But the part where they broke the law, according to the UK Daily Mail, is they then follow the perp around waiting for them to touch something, you know, sip on a straw, throw out a toothbrush. I mean, just anything like that. They get that DNA, they got it. And then they go back through public records and they say, okay, we can tell this person is related to this cousin, cousin, you know, fourth cousin here. Um, does he live? Okay, this is who their relatives are. Do any of them live in Idaho? And they go from there. And that's basically how they got this guy. And they then went and looked and said, oh my gosh, we got his cell phone records. Um, after IDing him from the DNA, and listen to this, dozens of people left their DNA at that scene because that was a real party house, right? So you got dozens of people's DNA. They went back and did this for all of them. Then tracked them to their relatives, narrowed it down. And so this guy had been like stalking his victims the way that like a, you know, a cat does when it hunts. Creepy, right? And they were able to see that from the cell phone pings. He's following these kids around before he killed them. That's seriously creeptastic right so you got all that going on and they still they had all of that but they still needed to put him at the scene like tie him to the murder scene at the time because i mean his lawyers just can say well i mean you know yeah sure he was at a party there but so were dozens of other people you know what's your beef but the way and the, the way they finally got him was that that there was this bored gas station attendant who was she was a system manager at the gas station along the route, right? And she was shocked no one had ever come and asked for the videotapes, which is unforgivable. So uh, she starts going through at night when she's alone, there's not a lot going on. And she starts going through, goes all the way, it takes her two weeks, goes all the way back through the tape till she finally gets to that night around the time that's been published in the papers is, you know, this is the time of the murders approximately. And she gets a, that white Elantra speeding away. So now they've got his car, you know, leaving the scene at the right time. And they got it. So think about what this means for a minute. I mean, there are really good things about this and really bad things about it. Number one, the FBI needs to stop breaking law. They need to go back to getting warrants, okay? They are not royalty. Um, and the UK Daily Mail points that out. But number two, this almost makes serial killing obsolete. Like serial killing is going to be a thing that we read about 50 years from now that you, and, and all the stories will be in the past because serial killers aren't going to get away with it. Killers aren't going to get away with it. Anyway, in the UK Daily Mail story, they have consultants that do this now. They, they run the DNA for, for law enforcement. They run the DNA profile through the ancestry databases um, and then they go back 
uh, through public records and say, okay, this person's DNA is related to this person. How is this person related to the killer? And um, the first time they did this was a Golden Gate t- uh, killer. It was five years ago. So we've, we, the first one of these solved was a serial killer. They couldn't get any way. They got him. Um, and this is something that law enforcement's increasingly doing. Um, but it's not used in all or even most cases. And so these consultants that do this for law enforcement agencies are saying, listen, it, th- what they need to do is you run it through CODIS. You run the DNA through CODIS. See if you get a hit, right? Um, because this person's, you know, in it, their DNA is in it. If you don't get a hit, you need to go right to the ancestry databases. And, and, and they're saying we can get anybody. I mean, it is highly unusual for a crime scene to contain no DNA. Almost every crime scene has the DNA in it of the killer. You know, even if you take extreme precautions, wear gloves, all of that, you're still going to leave DNA behind. And we think about that. And I think it's great that that can make murder obsolete. You do it, you're going to get caught. And great that it can make serial killing obsolete, but also when you live in an era where, you know, any criticism of the Democrat Party is considered a crime by the Democrat Party, I mean, there's some kind of scary implications for that too. So fascinating, isn't it? Remember when Rochelle Walensky, the head of the CDC, totally lied about the vaccine and said this? Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick, um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real world data. Yeah, remember that? It was a stunning lie. Because at the time, they were full throttle in the middle of getting everyone fired who wouldn't take the shot or trying to. And the Washington Post did something inexplicable that I still don't understand. They actually told the truth, which they never do. So it's so weird when they do. Um, And they got the CDC's, remember, internal documents. This was in the late summer of 2021. They got the internal CDC documents and discovered that internally they knew the shot didn't work. Didn't stop spread at all. Spread was the same whether you got the shot or not. And that the shot did not stop you in any way, shape, or form for get, from getting COVID. And at the time our she data said from the this. CDC's today suggest, our data from the CDC. Well, hold on, sorry. At the time she said this, I'll play it again in a second. She knew that. She knew that. So she has a sweet little girl look to her, these... Oh, well, you know, I'm just trying to help with COVID. She's a very convincing liar. One of the best I've ever seen. At the time she's saying this, she knows her internal data says no such damn thing. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick, um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real world data. Why? Would you lie about that? When your internal data says the opposite, why? I'm endlessly fascinated with this because the answers take you some very dark places. Well, this is the beginning of the walk back of this. 
Wall Street Journal, and this is an incredible piece they've done this week, and it shows three things. And it was this is a radical act, what the Wall Street Journal has done. And all they've done here is something that didn't used to be radical at all, not even five years ago. They simply told their readers what studies, peer-reviewed studies, in the New England Journal of Medicine and Nature and the, from the Cleveland Clinic are saying right now. That didn't used to be risky, it didn't used to be scary, but it is now because we live in an authoritarian regime or the beginnings of one. And here are the shocking things that they found. That'll be shocking to you because I told you all this stuff a year and a half ago. This was very easy to know if you wanted to know it, if you were listening to the right experts. And it's a horror show what we're learning. That the vaccination causes new waves of COVID. Where do you hear that before me? I told you it did. I even told you how long it'd take for those waves. About five months. After each wave of mass vaccination, is going to be another wave of COVID. I believe, can't prove it, but I believe that they were in such a hurry to get you vaccinated, they wanted you fired from your job because they wanted more waves of COVID and they knew damn well these shots caused it. That's what I believe. But what we know is that when Rochelle Walensky said that, she knew she was lying because we have her internal data from the Washington Post. Somebody leaked it. Here's what else the Wall Street Journal says, and it's shocking. Growing evidence suggests that repeated vaccination makes people more susceptible to COVID. Wait, wait, wait. So if you had ignored them, lost your job, but ignored them and didn't get the shots, then you'd be healthier? Uh-huh. You would be safer from COVID if you didn't get the shot? Yup. And that the shot is fueling the virus's rapid evolution. Yeah, but Tara, they didn't know that. Oh, but they did. But they did. See, if it weren't for the FBI acting for a, as a gatekeeper for the CIA and the State Department and the CDC and censoring this COVID stuff for them, you would have heard from Dr. Robert Malone, who was one of the creators of the mRNA vaccine, who said exactly this would happen. But you didn't get to hear from him because the FBI had him censored on behalf of the CDC. You know, it's weird. All these Twitter releases now, these Twitter files, Every single case, and the FBI acts as the gatekeeper for dozens of federal agencies who censor you. That's what we learned again yesterday. 100% of the time, everything the FBI censored was true. 100%. I can't find an exception. Whether it was on Joe Biden in Afghanistan, the debacle there, whether it was on COVID, whether it was on Russian disinformation, it was all true. Whether it was on Wuhan, all true. And they censored. I can't find anything that was untrue or disinformation yet that the FBI has censored. Okay, here's the here's the shocking part about this. Listen to what the Wall Street Journal is reporting. That was the first part. Here's the second part. People who've been vaccinated and boosted multiple times are more susceptible to infection. That is particularly worrying. They say, no kidding. We'll never know how many they killed. We'll we'll never know. Uh, it's got to be thousands. Likely tens of thousands. Cleveland Clinic study, peer-reviewed, found something even more troubling. And this is a Wall Street Journal. You don't like it? Don't send me a nasty email. Take it up with them. Take it up with the Cleveland Clinic. Take it up with the New England Journal of Medicine, one of the top five medical journals on earth. Take it up with them. Because what this says about your government is horrific. The Cleveland Clinic study found something even more troubling. Susceptibility to COVID infection appears to go up the more boosters you get. God, they wanted you to get more, didn't they? 
Yeah, they love their little COVID power. They were all, I mean, folks, they were this close to getting that vaccine passport. And you remember how that technology worked. Everyone was going to have to have one. It tracks you everywhere you go, 100% of the time. Why? Ostensibly so they could track the spread of the virus that they were causing by forcing people to get vaccinated or lose their jobs in their homes. God, these are demonic people. Listen to how bad this is. This, I, this just floored Lee earlier in the show. It was a study of healthcare workers, right? Healthcare workers who had received more doses of the COVID vaccine were at higher risk of getting sick. Those who received three or more doses were three point times as likely to get infected as the unvaccinated. As Lee pointed out earlier, that's 340% higher chance of getting COVID if you got vaccinated. Yup. Those who received merely two doses of the, I'm going to say a deadly COVID vaccine, were 2.6 times as likely to get COVID as the unvaccinated. So those unvaccinated people, remember when Joe Biden told us, remember when Fauci told us this was the uh, pandemic of the unvaccinated? Total lie. Total lie. Total lie. Oh, by the way, says the St. Louis Fed, yeah, um, we might be in a recession, you think? Folks, we had two quarters of negative growth beginning this year. And conveniently timed for the midterms, all of a sudden the federal government comes out and goes, oh, well, we had like two, three points of growth. It's great. It's fine. It's wet. I went, I can't. I went in the air that day and I was like, no, mm-mm, no, that didn't happen. We're in a recession. They're lying. I never imagined they were lying about the jobs. That's, I mean, we've never seen the federal government lie like that about jobs. And you create 10,000 jobs between March and July. That is a jobs disaster. That is stagnation. That's no job breath. You cannot maintain a country of 340 or, I don't know, 400 million people. Who knows? Borders wide open. And create a couple thousand jobs a month. Like, that's not going to work. So they just made them up. They needed jobs. They needed something they could tout. And they just made it up. They claimed they had committed, uh, they had uh, created 1.1 million jobs. Bureau of Labor Statistics did. And then after the midterms, quietly, they had the Philadelphia Federal Reserve come out and admit, well, it might have been 10,000 instead of 1.1 million. Oops, rounding error. So sorry. Did that affect your vote? They gaslit us for months. Oh, the economy is on fire. Now we find out the truth. So the Philadelphia Fed went first. Now it's the that now it is the job of the St. Louis Fed to tell us, yeah, about that growth we claim we were having. And it made no sense. You don't lurch from two quarters of negative growth to suddenly nothing changes economically. The manufacturing data is a disaster. And then all of a sudden you've got like two, three percent growth. It didn't happen. It was right before the midterm. 
Well, they chose the St. Louis Fed to tell you, you know, about debt growth. Yeah, it doesn't look like it actually happened. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, looks like we're in a recession. Well, no stuff, Sherlock. We've been in a recession for, what, three, four quarters now? The way the St. Louis Fed saying is, well, if you just add up the states with negative growth, looky here, it's got to be a recession. Yeah, it's been a recession the whole time. Y'all just lied. So they're having these smaller federal reserves come out and tell the American people the truth. It's bad. And folks, this isn't even anywhere near as bad as it's going to get. And you know how I know that? First paragraph of this Wall Street Journal article. I, look, I did the Battleground podcast on it yesterday. I'm still reeling from it. That the crash in the real estate market right now is as bad as it was between 2007 2009. Wall Street Journal admitted that over Christmas. And a, lo a lot of people missed it because they buried it in an article with a sunny sounding headline. But you read the first paragraph and you're like, oh, dear God. Here's how they do this. Housing slump set to give Fed an inflation fighting assist. Oh, that sounds great. It's like everything's going good. It's great. And then you go and read not the headline, but the first paragraph. And you're like, oh, no. Here's exactly how they put it. The Federal Reserve's interest rate increases have brought on a housing slump as severe by some metrics as that of 2007, 2009. What, what, what followed that? Great recession. Wait, so we're in a period basically as bad as the one in the beginning of the Great Recession. Yep. And we've always been in a recession. <laughs> we're not creating jobs anymore either. You know what's so bizarre? So how many of these you know, vaunted financial media channels, CNN Business, CNBC, are running around going, gosh, you know, we really need these illegals to come over the border and fill these jobs. What jobs? We, we, we have taken in 5 million illegals. We've put almost all of them on welfare. And we're only creating a few thousand jobs a month. Like, in what universe does that math work? Not this one, unfortunately. All right. Hey, uh, hate having to sign off. Love that you get to hear Vince next. But the good news is you can always listen to Battleground. Download it anytime by texting keyword Battleground to 71307. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.